Hello everyone and welcome to Golden Walkman Magazine. My name is David Walker, the editor for the magazine, and I'm bringing you this first issue of March 2020. Um, this is uh, this is a hard month. This is a hard issue to record. Um, a hard beginning to this month, and uh, I don't know where to begin in terms of processing everything that's going on. I don't know what to say um, about it. And and all I have to say is, is that I really hope that you are safe, that your family is safe, that uh, everyone who's listening to this will get through uh, this pandemic without losing anything that's important to them um and whatever that means to you i really i really wish everybody well for this um i this is a surreal moment that um that people have to deal with on a daily basis that i feel fortunate enough that i usually don't um, and that when it does come to my doorstep, that is when I begin to start thinking and reflecting on how truly lucky I am um, to, to live where I do and to uh, be in the position I am in. Um, and this is making me 10 times more grateful than I have been in my life. So. I really, I really just wish uh, safety and health for everyone, um, and that we can get through this. Okay, so sorry for uh, starting this off. I just felt like I needed to say something. This is not usually um, a publication that does this, but uh, when when something this big happens, I I don't want to ignore it. So. Um, this is also uh, a, a time where I can remind everyone um, that there is a uh, type of submission that that we have in the magazine that is all about current events, um, and I I want to I want to basically with that platform um, spread messages of positivity. Um, messages of hope to, to get through this time um, and if you have anything uh, like that please go onto our website and look for tapes from the outside um, and consider submitting there's a faster turnaround with those because they are so timely so please um, I, I really want to be um, I want this this uh, publication to be a part of sort of a healing process of some sort uh, a um, escapism of some sort um, so yeah just look into that if you can um, alright so I wanted to, uh, to to present this to you this piece that, that uh, a fiction that we accepted a while ago and are finally able to bring it to you um, it's a, it's a short story, um, by Brooks Shopshire. I believe I'm saying that wrong. 
and I'm sorry if I am. Um, but uh, this this particular story is very interesting on a lot of different levels. Um, there's a darkness to it, but this also there's there's also this um, uh, this energy that that just kind of crackles on the page. And it's a cool story. It's just cool in a lot of ways. Um, and I'm very excited to bring it to you. I hope you enjoy it. I hope this is what you need, even though it is a dark story. Um, but either way, uh, here it is. This is The Blood Moon Blues by Brooks Shropshire. Howdy. I'm Brooke Shropshire, and this is the Blood Moon Blues. There is a beast in man that should be exercised, not exorcised. Anton Sandor LeVay. By the time the moon started to bleed, my head was trapped in a nicotine cloud. Thanks to the grace of God or the trickery of Satan, my vacation lined up with what the computer-age shamans call a superwolf blood moon eclipse. Considering the noises hammering from the bathroom every time I try to relieve myself, I'm thinking I owe my thanks to the cloven-hooth man downstairs. Inside, the party roars with popping a champagne and the slurred introductions nobody will remember by daylight. Joining this little eclipse shindig wasn't my first pick, but my lawyer said releasing a pack of wolves into downtown Greensboro and blaming it on the moon is a felony. So here I am, smoking on the balcony of my friend's house, hoping all those evangelicals would be right about the blood moon heralding an apocalypse. A parade was starting to stroll down Elm, piping away to the tune of when the saints go marching in. Flask in hand, I saluted melancholic memory with a swig of bourbon. Years ago, I waltzed around New Orleans with Ash to that same song, dreaming of a moonlight proposal. Back then, she was happy to join a madcap writer on his vulgar adventures. How many years had it been? I knocked the ash off my cigarette and brought it back to my cracked lips. By the time I pulled out another stag, the twinkling gulfs of the night had peeled back the moon's alabaster skin, exposing the carmine beneath. In a way, it's the prettiest night I've ever seen. Somehow, it's lovelier than the day Ash left me. That day I sat in the park, wishing I could cry as spring's beauty mocked me. The air was cool, and though the ground was dry, it smelled like rain. It's easier if you can be mad, mad at anybody, somebody, but who could blame her? No one wants a devil when they can have the angel. It started, some prick shouted from inside the party, waving his drink around before grabbing my shoulder and spitting in my face as he asked, Can you see it? I'm colorblind. I puffed a gray cloud into his face as the partiers encroached on my miserable parade. My smoky armor wasn't enough to protect me, and soon enough I was surrounded by wasted suburbanites who, three minutes prior, had been dry-humping like a bunch of goddamn teenagers. I can't help but wonder if these self-medicated soccer moms and dads were hoping the apocalyptic moon would save them from the metropolitan hellscape we call home. Ash hated parties like this. People smiling over their drinks, talking to the person in front of them, though they were more invested in the conversation behind them. Dens of duplicity, she called them. We ditched every party within an hour and headed to a pub. When the pubs kicked us out, we drive to the overlook, marvel at the moon. The moon, still bleeding, became the target of twenty fluttering digital shutters. Pity they were too stupid to know the moon refuses to be trapped in a snapshot, even when wounded. The partiers got bored within five minutes and continued to train their livers for a marathon detox. Any other night, I'd be in there with them. But for the first time I can remember, the cruel universe is finally bleeding, and it's beautiful. Dens of duplicity. Sometimes I wonder if that's what she thought as she walked away. 
My skin could be against hers, my heart being in cadence with her own, but she always understood I wasn't there. My body may have been next to her, but Ash was too smart not to know my soul would always be between words printed on a page. The moon knows it, I know it, she knows it. A secret kept between the three of us. Somewhere in this godforsaken city, she's looking up at the moon, sipping French champagne my cuddle next to her husband, happy to have forgotten me. Does her husband read my books? A stream of smoke leaves my nose and flits up to the sky like a sullen prayer. Beneath this misanthropic moon, does she understand? Does Ash see the darkness in the world is the same darkness in me? Will she see the beauty in that bleakness, the splendor of a bleeding moon? And if she can't see these things, will she finally realize I'm trapped in words, stories, novels, and that they are the truest version of myself? What good is my art if it affords me entity when my readers but not the woman I loved? The red disc that was the moon had become but a crescent, as lunar flesh regained its pallid complexion. I bit through my cigarette, ground my teeth against the soggy paper. How dare the moon heal itself? How dare it promise me nightmares and leave me with these mocking dreams? Come on in, Foster. It's too damn cold out here. The voice belonged to the host, Jose Walls. Walls is a college buddy, the one man at the party who doesn't make chain-smoking sound like a good idea. Hey, Walls, how loud do you think it is in there? Loud enough I'll get a noise complaint. Loud enough to mask gunshots? What? I trained my pistol on the moon and fired off three leaden complaints against the cosmos. What the fuck, Foster? Give it a try. You'll feel better. Walls fired off four more grievances at the recovering moon and passed the piece back to me, smiling. Hell of a party, Walls. Normally I'd describe my stories as the crossroads of hell in the American South, so Blood Moon is a bit of an oddball for me. At first I thought I would still try to give it a horror spin, taking the reader on a surreal sojourn through an apocalypse, but that wouldn't have conveyed the emotions properly. The Blood Moon Blues is the feeling you get when the universe is giving you the finger, and you're upset about things that are out of your control. It's frustrating, maybe despairing, but not horrifying. What we do with it is horrifying, but not the emotion itself. So I knew when I started writing, I wanted it to sound a bit like a Tom Waits B-side. Flagrant, but charming. Anything else would have made it far too depressing to read. Of course, the idea of the Blood Moon Blues has been around in literature forever. Our most recent term for it is postmodernism, but it's been around longer than that, too. Some of our best characters have a chronic case of it. Captain Ahab, Duncan Thaw, Milton, Satan. Anywhere someone is striking out against a cold cosmic order. They stab the white whale, rebel against God, shoot at the moon. But uh, that's enough of my wax philosophy. Once again, I'm Brooke Shropshire, and that was the Blood Moon Blues. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Goldman Walkman for having me on.